So let's keep it really simple. What I would do is I would take the pain points that we've already talked about and I would put them into Ahrefs and then I would look around and I would say, okay, is there a keyword that gets enough search volume based around those topics that we can write for? This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. I have a Chrome extension named uh, Zest. If you want to have it too, the, you can go to zest.is. It's a pretty interesting plugin because you open a new tab on Chrome and then you can see different kinds of really interesting content, mainly related to marketing, but fascinating stuff. So one day I opened my Zest tab and uh, I've noticed this article, the seven-step content development process we use to create and promote content every single week. And that article was amazing. It was a really interesting SEO case study about how to do content development for a company. So I reached out to Greg Digneho and he was really nice and he said he, he would love to be interviewed for the podcast so the next episode is mainly about SEO and content development. I found it fascinating and I learned a lot from this episode. Don't forget to follow um, UX Writing Hub newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter. You can go to our website, uxwritinghub.com and enjoy. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well, dude. So before we start and before we dive uh, a little bit about uh, the content development process that I, I read that article and I really enjoyed reading it also, I would love to learn uh, a little bit about your background. Sure. So I started, a, I guess, in 2008, I started a marketing agency. I call it an agency, but it was really like a consulting practice with like surrounded by freelancers and things like that. And I did that for about seven years or so. Eight seven years, let's call it seven years. So it's about 2015. And I kind of totally got burned out by it. It was just like a, a, to be perfectly honest with you, it was a terribly built business from the Mm -hmm. ground up. Agency um, life could be also stressful. Agency life could be stressful. But not only that, it just was not a good business that I built. There's agencies that are at, like if you're running an agency, there's agencies out there that are really well built. And if, you know, every founder has stress, but you know, mm-hmm. they don't have that you learned from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the, yes, there, there were lessons that I learned that if I were. But gonna, what was that lesson? Like, how would you build it differently if you would start today? Oh, I would say no a lot more. So I would offer literally one service. I wouldn't offer an agency. So what happens is, is like, what generally happens is, is an agency, like a person, consultant such as myself goes into it and says, oh yeah, client X, I could do this. And then client Y comes in and says, hey, could you also do this? And then mm-hmm. so now you have multiple clients and multiple projects and multiple services going on. And you know, so, so from the beginning, I would just do content marketing or content, I call it SEO focused content, I think is kind of how it's uh, portrayed now. Yeah. And that's the only thing I would do until I got to a million dollars or $2 million or whatever in revenue. And then I would say, okay, let's add a video service or a social media service or whatever, instead yeah. of everything coming in at once. Yes, so focus would, on one niche, narrow it down, six uh, it, and then expand. Yeah, one type of service for one type of industry. Yes, exactly. Nice, um, that's a good lesson. That's a good yeah, lesson. and then that's how I would start over. But anyway, I, I digress. So in 2015, like I, I just kind of dissolved the whole thing. It wasn't that hard to dissolve. I just stopped taking clients and people went away, you know? So it wasn't, and I started working with a company called Time Doctor. I'm running their marketing. So we've been growing their blog. We grew their blog from, I forget if it was like five or 10,000 visitors a month to at the time, but it was the lower number. And now it's getting about 130, 140,000 visitors a month. Oh my God. So we, so we grew that over, over time. How much time did it take to do this growth? So growth has, I mean, kind of stagnated now just from the standpoint of, for, well, there's a couple of reasons I think growth has stagnated, but to go from like, let's call it five to 10,000 to a hundred thousand was about 18 months, give or take. That's amazing. Yeah. might've been two years, but somewhere in that 18, let's, let's 18 months to two years. I forgot the exact number, but 18 also months. in two years is pretty impressive. Yeah. So. And now in the past two years, we've, we've grown much slower, mostly because one, I think 
that uh, we've we have so many articles now that we're struggling to kind of find really high volume keywords like so, so a lot of our growth is search engine optimization and so like after a while it's like you know all the keywords with high search volume like 10 20 30,000 like we've already covered them yeah. so now we're going after search volumes with like 300 500 so growth is like kind of slowed down a little bit so got it so uh, it, it, uh, then you took the uh, you, you focused on keywords that are you said 20,000 let, let, yeah, let's call it like 10,000, 20,000, some of them, some, you know, 5,000, somewhere in there. No, but exactly. now we're like orders of magnitude less a lot of times. Like now we like, we're like, oh, wow, the search value of 300, let's go get it, you know? So it's, uh, so we're, we're an entire order of magnitude down. And time, doctor, uh, what is their services? Which kind of uh, audience they're trying sure. to attract? We help employers manage their remote teams. So we are very niche to, like, rem- we're very focused on remote work. Um, mm-hmm. So that's agencies who manage, like, if they have, like, a series of freelancers, that's SaaS companies, if they have, like, developers all over the world, things like that. So we help them manage that, like, you know, how much time are they working on a particular project? how long are projects taking to complete, things like mm-hmm. that. And in your content strategy, you decided to focus on which kind, what kind of keyword. Like uh, I signed the article uh, agencies and um, entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, we, so we focus on agency owners, software companies. Software companies are a big one for us, then agency owners and uh, business process outsourcing companies. Mm-hmm. So those are like our three key there's like five key demographics, but those are like the three biggest ones. Nice. So for instance, like right now we just started writing, we just started getting into like medical transcription, you know, because we found a lot of people who a lot of our sales team was finding uh, a lot of customers in the medical transcription niche. So we were like, Oh, let's start creating medical transcription content. (laughs) So you found some kind of a niche and and, uh, you develop the content. Yes. Interesting and, and uh, cool. So uh, I would love to learn more a little bit about your process. And also, by the way, those articles, um, once they're out, do you use some kind of a way to promote them? Um, social media shares, uh, influence marketing? PPC? Um, so we could talk about that for Time Doctor, not as much anymore because uh-huh. we're so established. But I run a blog called uh, a personal blog in TiceHQ.com, which is where you found that article. And, I think I uh, found it on Zest. Do you know yeah, Zest? Zest, yeah, probably. So that's one of my promotion strategies, <laughs> Zest. Do you know them? Like, have you used them often? I have used them, yeah, yeah. They're a really good friend of us. Oh, are they? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just submit my content to them and magically people come to my site and read it. So <laughs> it's a That's pretty cool. good service. Yeah, there's um, two entrepreneurs, Idan, Yam, shout out to them because they're doing amazing work with their yeah, app. Absolutely. And Love what you guys are doing over there. And that's how I found you, actually. Okay. Cool. Uh, so we don't do much as much promotion on Time Doctor as I do on Entice. And we could, so we could talk about how I promote on Entice so we can get into those strategies for sure. Okay. So... What I would like to talk about first, um, I would like to talk, to break down the article a little bit um, sure. that you wrote. So you yep. wrote the, the article, how did you do this amazing growth uh, with content development in seven steps? And yep. um, we, we already started talking about it, about your audience. And the first step is uh, you need to identify your audience, right? Yes. And, and you said that your audience is... SaaS companies and the agency owners and beginner entrepreneurs, right? Well, beginner and also developed entrepreneurs. So, okay. so that's actually part of the, when I talk about identifying your audience, mm-hmm. one of the things I really want to talk about, one of the things that we really do is like, I'll call it sophistication, but this is, this is a very broad term I'm using. But what level of sophistication is that audience? So for instance, we work with entrepreneurs who have are about to make their first hire, and we work with entrepreneurs who have uh, 100 people working for them already. Mm-hmm. So we have that broad range. And okay. so that's what I mean by, like, you know, so for instance, if you sell skis, right, you could create content for people who are going to go away for the weekend, right? Or mm-hmm. you could talk about people who are black diamond skiers, right? So, like, you know, when, when I say identify your audience, I mean, like, you know, what level of sophistication, what's their budget, you know, beyond, 
are you running for an agency? Are you running for a SaaS company, et cetera, et cetera. Got it. And, and you kind of, you just defined two different edges right now of that uh, ski store, for example. Yep. And which is complete beginners, newbies that go for yeah. the weekend. There's, and there, those there's a lot of gray area. There's right. A, there is a lot, yes. It's a spectrum. So would you create for the ski store content for every slice of that spectrum? Or would you focus on segments of the spectrum and focus only on them? That depends on who my buyers are. So if my buyers are on every level of the spectrum, then yes, I will focus every level of the spectrum. But what typically happens with every, everything is you find that 80% of your buyers come from one level, that one edge of that spectrum. And so then we focus on that one edge with you know, very little on the other side. And on that case, which edge was it? Uh, so for us, our, we focus 80% of our content on, on companies with at least 10 employees. Interesting. So that's, because they, yeah, because they're the, most, they're the ones who are most likely to need a solution to help them manage their employees. Their remote teams. Yeah, and yeah. If you, have, like, if you have one freelancer, like, it'll help for sure. Or if you have one employee, it'll help. But... Once you get to like that growth of te- five to ten, twenty in, in that area, it there, there becomes a shift in the way that work happens. Right, no longer could you just micromanage that one employee. No longer could you just understand what that one employee is doing every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, so you find that segment of your spectrum companies that have uh, more than ten employers and yes. need to uh, manage the remote employers. So mm-hmm. now the second step is to find the pain points. Right. Yes. So the absolute best way to do this is to call them on the phone <laughs> and ask them questions. So one of the biggest ways that we found pain points is what was literally just calling people and asking if they wanted to give a, a testimonial or case study or for us. And they, mm-hmm. would, just, they would just call and, uh, you know, what are you using Time Doctor for? You know, so we would get into those like little questions. And then it was like, um, what other tools do you use? Those kinds of things. What other problems, uh, what, what are you spending most of your, your time on and, and with hiring of remote workers? And mm-hmm. just what's the biggest pain in the butt that you're facing right now when it comes to hiring a remote worker? Mm-hmm. Uh, things, things along those lines. You know, what are you having trouble retaining? You know, and just letting people go off and just keeping the questions open-ended. Got it. So keeping the question open-ended, doing some yeah. kind of a cost. And just mm-hmm. listening. A lot of listening. People want to talk about their business and they want to talk about their problems in their business to somebody. So if you could just, yeah, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you could just let them talk about those problems and listen, you're going to get content for years. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) That's a really good tip. Yeah. Uh, can so. you give me an example for a pain point that came up that you wrote an article for that pain point that was exceptionally successful? Sure. So one of them, it was, I, I think you're going through the hiring process right now, correct? With somebody, if, if I can remember, we kind of talked about it. Yes. So currently we are hiring a marketing expert. I'm not even sure, but someone that will uh, help us with our funnels and stuff like sure. that. Sure. And as you know, I mean, <laughs> how are you finding that process? Just to ask you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad that you asked me. <laughs> Since last week, <laughs> we yeah, it, set up a call and then we talked to each other, me and you. Yep. And then I was like, hey, is this Greg from Upwork? Because I was <laughs> such a mess and I couldn't organize my calendar. That was, wow. Uh, and I'm still struggling with it. It's a mess. And I can't manage even the process of hiring because... It's my first time, you know, I'm new at this kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, like, so what are you doing right about, what are you doing with process? Uh, what are you doing right now to like manage that? What are you using right now? To be honest, I'm not managing it. I just don't <laughs> manage it. I, I'm um, like throwing darts in the dark and hope to hit. And you know what? I have pretty good karma and my business is really small. Sure. So I, I don't need to manage it in a way that I will have to explain to people that are not me what's happening. Right. So it's much easier. Sure. But it's still like a pain in the butt, right? I'm sure if I would be organized and if I would manage it, it would be much better. But, you know, also the world is is sending me pretty interesting 
people from unexpected directions. So okay. in some way, I'm kind of happy that I'm not managing it because like I, I met this guy right now from a very random LinkedIn uh, post and we might hire him now. So awesome. it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. So how do you, I guess then the question is, are you like, you want to go beyond this one hire, correct? What do you mean? At, at, at some point in time, like, do you want to just, are, like, you, you want to build a company, like your company, do you envision like 10 employees, 20 employees? Yeah, I envision of hundreds of employees and I'm sure I would have an HR department at some point. Okay. Yeah. And so like, just in that like little question and answer session that we had, like yeah. we've gotten like five or six pieces of content, right? So we've gotten like tools <laughs> to build your content, uh, uh-huh. to tools, to, tools to hire employees, like uh, how to manage the hiring process for employees, how to scale the hiring process, because you're not just going to like right now, a lot of people when they're getting their first hire, yes, it is like referrals and who's in your network and yeah who's in your extended network, like, i.e. the people who read your blog or who listen to your podcast and or who connected, right. you know. But, you know, once you get to past five, and I know you want hundreds, but once you get past five, you're going to need a process to vet those candidates. Otherwise, you're just going to be up to your ears. It's, a, it's another piece of content, right? Right. And so, I mean, that was, that's three pieces right there that we just had in a, you know, what, a two-minute span. Yeah, actually, that's, um, uh, that was really smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, so that's kind of, so those would be really amazing pieces. And we've written about all, most of that on the blog. And so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of how we go about it. Nice. So that's about what kind of content should we write, but content is not enough, right? We need more technical SEO thingies yeah, and uh, so- research tools and stuff like that. So the next step would be keyword research, right? Exactly. So the next thing we do is we would kind of put that into buckets. Like we will put that into things like a hiring tools, a management process, like a way to manage your hires or, you know, even how to hire your first employee or things like that, how to mm-hmm. scale your outsource uh, hiring process, things like that. So we would, we would put those in buckets and then we use a tool called hrefs.com. Yeah. I use it too. Okay, that's like the backbone of our entire SEO process, really. What would be the difference? By the way, I know there is two tools right now. There is Ahrefs and mm-hmm. they have a, we have a SEMrush. What's the difference between those two? I've never used SEMrush. So these tools are expensive, by the way. 100 bucks a month, tell me about it. Yeah, they're not cheap. So I, they're, like I said, I can't speak to SEMrush, but I could talk about Ahrefs and Ahrefs is really, really good. However, if you're just getting started and you don't want to pay $100 a month, there's a tool called Uber Suggest mm. um, by Neil Patel, and it's totally free. Yeah, I know that name and marketing kind of brings up feelings one way or another. But No, I love I, him. You know, I'm listening I, to his podcast, I, Marketing School. Yeah, I think he's great. A lot of people I know... You know, whatever. I think he's amazing, and I, I think he's a great marketer. Depending, if you but, have haters, it means that he's doing something right. You yes, know? exactly. So <laughs> good. Uber NeilPatel.com forward slash Uber suggests. Yeah, um, is free, and it does like seventy percent of everything that Ahrefs does. Not as good of a database and things like that, but it's still good enough to just get started. So, what do you do on Ahrefs that Uber suggests don't offer? There's more accurate data in Ahrefs. Okay. Yeah, like more backlinks uh, from from websites. There's more keyword suggestions in Ahrefs, things mm-hmm. like that. More uh, like you could do like things like gap anal- content gap analysis and rank tracking and things like that for, for more keywords and things like that. So it's a little bit more of a robust product. So how would you do exactly that uh, research? You talked about content gap and uh, ranking and... I don't so, understand that kind of stuff, and I wish I would, actually. It's super interesting. So let's keep it really simple. So what I would do is I would take the pain points that we've already talked about, and I would put them into Ahrefs, and then I would look around and I would say, okay, is there a keyword that gets enough search volume based around those topics mm-hmm. that we can write for, right? So it might be... So let's say that we're talking about scaling your hiring process. Yes, Okay, so how would you use uh, that tool to find the right keyword? So in Ahrefs, I would go into Content Explorer. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Okay, I would go into Content Explorer. I would, I would literally type into scaling the hiring process, or maybe I would even get rid of scaling and just put hiring process or something mm-hmm. like that into Content Explorer. 
And then what you're going to be brought up with is a list of articles. And uh, you could see what articles are based around those themes, that theme of hiring process. It might not be about hiring process. It might be something like five emails you need to send to ensure you have the right hire, something along those lines, right? But mm -hmm. either way, I would have a bunch of topics around the uh, thing of hiring process. And then I would filter out everything, below, let's say, below 500 uh, searches a month. Mm -hmm. So I only want to concentrate on articles that are get, uh, topics that get over 500 searches a month. Yeah. And then I would just, then I have a pick of the litter of, of whatever I want to write about. And a lot of times, sometimes there's five articles, but other times there's like 25, 30 different topics that you can write about. So you get the idea of what to write about based on the content explorer on Ahrefs and yep. you look for so, more than 500 search volumes. Yep. Yeah, no so uh, we have the tool a, a Ahrefs and... Uh, yeah. So the other tools, I, I can give you a quick rundown. The other tools we use, we, we're pretty lean. We use... Um, uh, Ahrefs, we use uh, Yoast SEO, which yeah, is a free for WordPress. WordPress. Yeah, it's a free WordPress plugin, and it does like some of the basic schema and things like that. And then we have, what do we use? We use Buzz, I, I always mess this up. Oh, yeah, Buzz, uh, Buzz No, 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 Buzzstream. It's, a, okay. it's just like an outreach tool, email, cold email outreach. Oh, really? Yeah. Doesn't it like you just upload your database and do cold outreach? Yeah, it, yeah. You upload your list of emails addresses to get links, and then you can uh, write your emails, and then it's and like then a GDPR think. approved emails. It's people. Oh, basically, it's uh, nah, cold it's, it's it's cold outreach. It's hundred percent cold outreach. Yeah. Got so it. to get links and things like that. Does it work uh, successfully? Yes. <laughs> I, um, I really wonder, like, how should I do cold outreach? Because today I'm doing all of my uh, mails automations and mail campaigns to my own list, people that registered, mm -hmm. and I'm building relationship with them. Yes. But uh, I wonder how should I use cold outreach tool to bring more people to that list? Yeah, so basically we just find a bunch of people who are linking to a particular top. I mean, this is, a, again, one of these, one of the more straightforward ways is find a bunch of people who are linking to a topic mm -hmm. and then just say, Hey, we also have a better resource and here's why we have a better resource. Would you link to this as well? Like you do the outreach to have backlinks. That's what you're saying. Yes. Well, yeah. We do out outreach to have backlinks. Yes. Oh, got it. Now, now it makes, uh, yeah. I thought we were talking about different uh, lists right now. Okay. So oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So at time doctor, we actually don't really focus on email collection. Uh-huh, really? We've, yeah, yeah. It's almost, we have maybe a few effective, I must say. Emails? Yeah. Collection? Yeah, we focus almost 100% on getting people to a trial, to the homepage, to get into a trial. Right. But then you get their email as well. So we you get can, their email once they enter, yeah, 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 to a trial. But it's, we don't have like the traditional marketing content upgrades and things like that. And got it. But we, we just, uh, we go, like, would you like to try Time Doctor? Got it. So you do the call outreach, so people would so people link to us. Yes. Yep. Uh, interesting. And and how do you do it in masses? Like how do you? <laughs> so we actually have a pretty decent sized team of people who do this. I think we literally just hired our sixth linker, maybe seventh, something uh -huh. like that. So we have a, we have two people who who do research and find email addresses for us. And then they feed it into people whose job it is to reach out and say, hey, we have a piece of content that I think you should link to. But you need to have more research about the content itself, right? Or Sometimes, yeah. Again, it totally depends on the space that right, you're in. Right, in marketing, right, right. yes. And for Time Doctor, we need, we don't know. Got it. Yeah, I don't want to go too much into uh, backlinks. That's a complete uh, yeah. world. I, yeah, it's a different world. I mean, that's part of our process. At the end, I think we talk about promotion and backlinks, but yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And so we are using different tools. And now there is uh, the first step, which is, SERP analysis. So what is that exactly? Because I'm not familiar the, with this. Okay, so SERP is basically search engine results page. That's what SERP stands for. And mm -hmm. it's basically the first page of Google. So what we do is, let's say we want to write a post about like online collaboration tools, for instance. Mm -hmm. And so what this is, and you'll, you'll see why I'm bringing this post up in a second. But what you'll want to do is you'll go and you'll, you'll Google online collaboration tools. Mm -hmm. And what we would do is we would say, okay, what is on the first page? 
And so when we were writing this post, we saw things like, you know, 10 online collaboration tools, 12 online collaboration tools, 25 online collaboration tools. And so they were okay articles. A lot of them didn't have images and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them didn't have like a table of contents, mm-hmm. things that make that user experience a little bit better uh, on the page. And a lot of them didn't even have like descriptions. They would just literally list them down one, one, two, three, four, five. And so mm-hmm. what we decided to do was we were going to say, okay, how are we going to make this post better? Mm, well, the first thing that skyscraper we, technique. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So it was basically like, I think the first time, and now this post has grown since, but uh, I think when we did it, if the highest number was 20, we did 40. We doubled the amount of tools that we were giving out. The amount of words or the amount of tools? Tools, tools. Oh, so if it was 20 on the list, you did a list yeah, of 40. Yeah, so if the highest was 20 uh, online collaboration tools, we were like, okay, well, we're going to do 40 online collaboration tools. And did um, it work? Yeah, I think we're number one or two now. And nice. That post, and that post gets like 55 or 6,500 visitors a month. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, just that one post. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. I had this so, post. I had this success by accident once. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know nothing about SEO, but I decided when I just started out is in like my UX, my product design journey. So there was so much tools out there. And I yep. decided that I'm taking six months of my life and just checking them one by one. Absolutely amazing. And writing about it. And I posted it. And that post brought... 350,000 views in a time of like one year and a half. And I'm telling you, I didn't did anything, anything, anything related to SEO. I didn't knew nothing about SEO, just content. A lot of times, like, (laughs) this is going to say, I'm going to make a lot of people mad, but SEO isn't that hard. It's literally (laughs) like, like if you write great content Mm-hmm. And by great, I mean things like that are really encompassing. That people uh, really care about. Thorough, people. That people care about. Like the link building, all the rest of that stuff takes care of itself at some point. Yeah, so the, the hardest part is writing something that, that's great and that people care about. I cared about it and it was enough, I guess. Because and apparently 350,000 other people did too. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I didn't connect it. it. That was a rookie mistake, but I didn't connect it to anything related to my content. So I just yeah. let <laughs> that content go away. Whoosh, like that uh, stream of people just like sure. passed, passed by me. I'm sure it opened different opportunities. Uh, but I was going to uh, say, it, it didn't like, it wasn't useless by any stretch. There's, there's things you could like. Yeah, yeah. I think I monetize it pretty well. I think I monetize it pretty Good. well. That's, all, uh, that's amazing. That's thank incredible. You. Yeah. And you also talked about backlinks, but to be honest, like I linked every tool to the original website. Yep. So it was very intuitive back then, but it, it was a smart decision, I guess. Yeah. Because those did were... You re- and did you reach things. out to all the people who you linked to? I did it like six months after. And then I was like trying this affiliation projects with few of them, okay. like with, with the more simple tools. Mm-hmm. But... Most of the people didn't answer me, and uh, I guess today I, w- I was doing stuff super differently. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I reached out to a few of them, and I got a response from a few of them. And uh, I didn't do affiliation, I just did like uh, discount codes, like sure. without getting any money from it. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty, like, that was a game changer experience in my life because right. when I started my own blog for the UX Writing Hub, so I said to myself, okay. I will just write stuff that I care about and it will be interesting for me and people will come because the content will be great and I wouldn't focus that much on keywords and I don't know almost nothing about SEO. But it works, you know. We have like decent few thousand people coming every month. It's relatively new. It's funny. There are two types of blogs that you could write and one of them is around keywords and that could be successful. But another one is like, so if you write a blog around keywords and you write it for, for quote unquote, write it for Google, like it's going to drive business, right? But nobody's going to read that blog really. Like we don't like time doctor doesn't have a loyal group of readers. Like mm-hmm. we, and that's not really what we want. We don't really care about a loyal group of readers, but for your blog, like for like, let's call it a founder blog. People read those and 
become loyal to that founder, right? Like they're more interesting. Like the, the type of blog that you're writing is much more interesting than an SEO focused blog almost 100% of the time. But I, am, I do want to create some kind of a mix because I, let's not uh, be innocent here. I am running a business. Absolutely. I, uh, I do want to drive uh, 100,000 people to my blog. Then you're going to have to focus on like certain pieces of content where it's just like, I don't want to say you don't care about it. It's going to solve a particular problem that somebody is searching for and it's going to drive business, but it's not going to make it like, you know, you're not going to build a loyal audience. Well, the solutions that I'm trying to solve with my product are like, I care about them. So I would love to write about them. Mm -hmm. I will do some uh, more research. I think uh, I have some uh, new ideas here, maybe with what I should do with the Content Explorer on Ahrefs. Even though I must say that it, it wasn't that accurate for me. Uh, maybe because I have low volume keywords like UX writing. I, I mean, you're super niche, right? Like it's super um, niche, and it, it's yeah. like gives me completely irrelevant keywords sometimes. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that you said that uh, don't look for scaling hiring process, but for hiring process because as wider as you go, it will get a little bit more accurate keywords, I guess, keyword suggestions. Yeah. So for instance, like instead of looking for UX writing focus out a little bit into look more into things like like so what does ux writing solve it helps with product development it helps reduce help desk queries help desk query also yeah it helps the users to it's guide the users through the interface it helps right companies and which which it, which reduces like your your help the told you know how many like the help desk. So if like a user understands, okay, I know how to use this interface, then I don't have to send a Zendesk ticket, right? Mm-hmm. So things like that. So instead of going UX writing, something like how to reduce help desk tickets, mm-hmm. things like that. That's smart, man. Yeah, how to, <laughs> things along the lines of like... How to write a pricing page, how to... How to write a pricing page, how to improve your onboarding process. Right. Not even how to, just get rid of a how to and just put onboarding process. And the key, keywords explorer? And, or, and to, uh, you could keyword. do it in keyword explorer and you could also do it in the content explorer as well. Interesting. I'll yep. give it a shot. That's a good and see what happens. And yeah, so expand out beyond UX writing and see what else is out there. And right. then you like could the fit, UX writing Yeah, and then fit UX writing into the article, obviously. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we have the pop-ups and everything, you know. Exactly, right. That's cool, man. So we talked a little bit about uh, SCRP, which is the first page of Google. I really like the term by uh, Brian Dean from the Clean Code. Uh, it's a, it's a skyscraper, skyscraper technique. So basically, yes. you take an existing content that jumps for uh, the keyword. I must say, it really depends on the country. Because yes. if, I, if I'm Googling a key, uh, right now something in Germany or if I'm Googling it in the States, I will see completely different first page of Google. Yeah. And on top of that, look, if you're Google places like Germany, UK, United States, like their level of sophistication in the content, mm-hmm. you, you have to make that skyscraper much taller than if you were Googling in like the Philippines, Indonesia, oh, right. and things right, like right, that. Right. So in Brazil, like, so there's some areas where it's like, you have to work a lot harder <laughs> than in other in other areas, right? So yeah. So skyscraper by Brandon, I will link it in the show notes because I love uh, how we speak about it as well. Yep. And uh, take an existing piece of content that jumps on the first page page of Google. If they offer X, make sure to offer X plus something. If it's a list or, of ten, yeah, I would even if they offer X, offer two or three X. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that's a good one. So yeah. Okay, good. So we finished with the first step and now we have the fifth step, which is to create the content outline. So are we talking about the content strategy or are, are the st- or the structure of the post? This is where I pretty much create the structure of the post. Mm-hmm. So I will create like my headline. My I, It's normally a working title at this point, but like the title of the post, the headlines, uh, the subheadlines and all those things like that, just to give me some sort of idea of where the post goes where I want the post to go. And do you spice it with keyboards at that point? Or like, it's interesting Uh, because we're not where we used to be like 10 years ago when you had to like write the same keyword and you had all of those black hat SEO people that like planted 
words in the alt text and stuff like that. So, so when we do optimization, we do things like we will make sure that this is like, we don't focus a whole lot on that anymore. Like we make sure that the, when we do optimization and things like that, we make sure that the URL structure has the keyword in it, mm-hmm. the suffix of the URL, and then the headline has the keyword in it. And we make sure that the keyword is in the first 100 words. Yes. That's, um, most- that's almost for, for like the keyword. That's it. What we'll do a lot of times is I will look into, so Google has the auto suggest tool. Um, you know, when you type in something, yeah. it's, you know, it, it, but um, it's related to the data, right? It's related to your previous research. Am I wrong? Yeah, it, it is. It is related to the previous research, but like, so what we'll do is like, is there anything else that people are focusing that people search for? And we'll create a sub headline around it if it fits. Mm-hmm. So it. for instance, in this actual post that the, the one we're talking about, this seven steps, the yeah. initial for the SERP analysis that section, it was initially something like analyze the SERPs, right? But then when I went and I looked and I said, oh, is there a better phrase for this? It turned out more people were searching for the, for the phrase SERP analysis, so I just changed it. Mm. That's the extent of that kind of optimization there. It's not like we're not stuffing or anything like that. Google right. now, is, like you said, is smart enough to understand what we're, what we're trying to get done here. Right, right, right. right. And they, it will understand based on like how many people come in and stay and the time on page and bounce that, rates and stuff like that. That stuff is typically more important right now than like just stuffing with keywords, yes. Right. Now we structure the content. We have the headlines and we have the subheadlines and we have yep. probably like a different part of the post. If it's like the seven steps, so it's like step one, step two, step three. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Now it's time to create great content step number six. <laughs> That's like, it sounds like so simple, right? Create it does. great content. This All you need like to the, do is create great you content. You just got to write stuff. I mean, how hard can it be? <laughs> I don't know if I have any good tips for this. Like, let's, let's think about this. Okay, so a couple tips. One is, if you're a terrible writer, just outsource. <laughs> By the way, the listeners here, are, most of them are writers. Just for- I know. I totally understand that. But if you're mm-hmm. a terrible writer, outsource. You can find a really good writer for three, 400 bucks, and they will do a good enough job in right. most cases. So that's one. So how do you write great content? One is, you tell stories as many stories as you possibly find for that post with metaphors also i would say with me- like no like so, so for instance like in, in this post is this post how to create great content i i don't know if do i tell any stories in this post hey, you told about Beklinko. yes 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 I, I so i tell about Beklinko and i tell like uh, the stories about you know some of these this the uh, the uh, strategies that the, the blog posts that have worked for us in each part of the thing so like stories and case studies and things like that, like right. show, prove that it's working, that what you're saying is actually happening, that, is, that it's real, right? So don't yeah. just say, do keyword research, like show why keyword research is important, show right. how to do keyword research, things like that. And um, I would probably Google a little bit about different keyword research processes. And then I would find a story that was really cool. And then I will reference it in my post. Exactly. And- add the link and everybody's happy because they got a backlink. I got another story to my content and exactly. different angle than what yep. like, I had without it. So it's good. So we just wrote a post about evergreen funnels mm-hmm. on my personal blog. And we told the story about one of my friends who has an evergreen funnel and how she built the evergreen funnel. Right. And then we went into how to build it, but the post starts with a story and that captures readers it's not just like step one, step two. Like it actually captures readers' yeah. uh, imaginations a little bit. Right. You so can resonate you, with it. You can feel. Wait, yeah. Am I? Do I need an evergreen funnel? How do I actually do do that? Yep. If she will tell about like a failure she had that led exactly. her to build an evergreen funnel, I would be like, it, Oh yeah, I'm a yeah. failure. I need an evergreen funnel. I will yep. read this and post. <laughs> exactly. I was stressed. You know, it's basically I was stressed out with my one-on-one work, and I was tired of writing blog posts and managing cont- employees and running ads and all this stuff. And then I created right. an evergreen funnel, and now, now I'm living the good life. Right. And like that, that kind of great time to be like 
authentic and fun and creative. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, don't make it up, make it authentic. And almost every post you write could have a story. So just tell stories. Right. Um, The second thing, the second way to write great content is to be so thorough. I'm trying to think of something like, you know, like, how how to tie a tie, right? Like something something as mundane as that. It's like you know you want to bring it around your neck two thirds of the way down or whatever it is, and you want to wrap it around once. Then you want to wrap it around twice with your left. Be so thorough and don't leave anything out. Make sure that a person can get everything that they need right from your blog post that they don't have right. to go anywhere else. And if you need to add like to every step a picture or a gif or even a yep. video on top or even better, like that, exactly. Or- Anchors that send them to a specific place, like with user experience, is pretty cool it's, as well. Yep, that's exactly right. So, as thorough as you possibly can with pictures, images, and things like that. Long content ranks more than short content. So it's just the way it is. 2,500 words is kind of like your sweet spot for a lot of industries. Really? Yes. Wait, 2,500 words? Minimum. Minimum. But Linko like said back then, uh, 1,800. It's mm-hmm. about 2,500 is what really? we're finding. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, yeah. But less than how many? Or I've, you I've, not not see, I've not seen a maximum. You don't have a maximum? No. I think in the future we're going to have a maximum because people are, a lot of people are writing like these 10,000-word posts. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think like, yes, and I think like at some point in time we're going to have a maximum where like people just aren't staying on the page that, as long as they really should. As, as as long as in, as is intended with that amount of words. Mm-hmm. But right now it's like 2,500 words is what you really kind of want to be. So we don't want to write post under 2,500 words. It depends on your industry, but right. in, if you're in a competitive industry, correct. Because we want to be full, we want to cover every... You we want, we want th- the users to pick a rock and under <laughs> every rock, under every rock, they will see a content that helps them out. Exactly, yep. I was trying to do a metaphor here. It was not the best one, <laughs> but, <laughs> but bear with me on this. One. It was a good metaphor. I liked it. <laughs> right, content for every um, rock that your users at, are going to pick up. That time, Doctor, we have a 3,000-word minimum. Really? Yep. Well, you actually yeah, changed my perspective because I was yeah. like, I felt like 1,800. That's what Beklinko said like two years ago. Yeah. That's we, what we should do. Yeah, we've, we've, so what happens is, is when you write more words, more words get indexed. And like, this isn't like add fluff and things like that. This isn't add like, you know, make it pointless words. Like this is add like real legitimate, like stuff to your post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me just, let me just uh, clarify. I'm not saying write long posts just for the sake of writing more. No, no, just, no. It makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yep. So. You will just cover everything. And if we're talking about, about the skyscraper technique from before, yep. check out what your competitors or people that are writing on that specific topic are missing and write about that. So it yep. will be valuable. Write with exactly. value. Don't write something that don't give value because then people will bounce. Low right. ranks, you don't want to be there. Exactly. So step number seven would be the content promotion. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, as I kind of said in the beginning, at Time Doctor, because we have so many people who come to the site, and because we have a domain authority, a very, very high domain authority, in other words, like Google really respects our site, and we have you know tens of thousands of users, uh, we don't do a whole lot of promotion anymore. We actually don't even email our list uh, of customers. That's so. Yeah, we don't even do that, which is probably not a good thing, but that's besides the point. You can um, do different kinds of automations and funnels with emails. That so, yeah, so like, we don't email our list because, like I said before, we don't have a list of people who subscribe to content. We only have a list of customers. And so, right, if it's not, but, so, if it's not, not, so not every one of our content, pieces of content is relevant to all of our customers. So like our medical transcription content, like there's only a very small subset of people who want to read that. We don't even worry about that automation. We could debate whether or not that's a good idea. But for Entice, because it's a brand new blog, I do a lot of promotion. And how, how do you do this promotion? So there's a few ways that I do it. One is the first way that I do this, and this is the way I recommend everybody who starts a new blog starts promoting. So for every 1,000 words, I have about five to 10 links per 1,000 words. Mm-hmm. 
So if I write a 3,000 word post, that gives me 15 to 30 links. Mm-hmm. In your instance, if you had, it, when you wrote your, uh, your post, I got 350,000 visitors and you linked to all your tools. Yeah, it was 21 had, links. Yeah, 21 links, correct. And even maybe a little bit more, just like fun sure. links that's related to different, so 30 links. Reach out to every single person that you link to. Hmm. Every single one. It's the most welcomed email. I run a popular blog. The most welcome email that I get is, hey, Greg, I link to you. Would you like to check out the post? Uh, you always say sure, and then we always tweet it out every single time. That's um, nice. the, the concern is that you would just waste your time turning on quotes, and then like they wouldn't tweet it. Or Well, not everybody will, but a subset will, and a very big subset will. So, mm-hmm. And you had uh, great success it, in that uh, specific uh, technique? I just did this for one post. We were to post about 100 blog tools, 100 blogging tools. And mm-hmm. so we literally had like 90 links because we duplicated tools. Right. We reached out to all 90 of those people. And over the course of um, a couple months, we got like five, our first 500 visitors to that post just from knowing that. Nice. Um, it was, yeah. That, so That's like cool. for a brand new blog, if you're just getting started, those first 500 visitors to a post is kind of cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. And uh, um, usually there is like a back and forth conversation or you just send them and they... Uh, very, it. very, very little back and forth. Usually okay. it's like, oh, this is so cool. Thanks so much. And then they tweet it out for you. I will never forget Neil Patel video when he's like, he is having a template, like how you should ask people to do that. And <laughs> then he's like... Normal? If you it, could have it. You could have a temp. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it was like <laughs> if you will tweet it, it, it will not do my own day, but it will do my own week <laughs> or something like that. It, it was yeah. so enthusiastic about it. <laughs> yeah, I tried it a couple of times. I thought it was a little bit too much at some point. So I think now I'm that's a little to bit too much too. More I literally <laughs> like. I don't. It doesn't have to. Like, I think people are just flattered that like you've tweet. You've mentioned them. I don't. It doesn't even matter how big they are. Most people are just like, if you write in the subject, hey, I mentioned you in a post, they're going to open that. I also don't like to chase the status, you know. I see a lot of people chasing the status, looking for like all of those hot backlinks, but, you know, just link to authentic and great content and this will bring so much more interesting traffic. And then the, the second thing that I do is I will find like the newsletters like Zest and things like that. Mm-hmm. Almost every space has these. Uh, every industry has them. And like in marketing, there's a lot more than let's say coffee, right? But even in coffee, there's still like those kinds of newsletters. So find those and mm-hmm. uh, reach out to those people. Make friends with those people. Like because you're friends with the guys at Zest, you have an amazing distribution channel for your content. Actually, right. to be honest, <laughs> no. for a while, they didn't accept my content. No. Those guys are picky. They're picky. Yeah. You know, they don't get everyone. Now yeah. they're being so much nicer. But that's because I think that my content is a little bit better. Right. Not a little bit. It's much better. So, okay. uh, so now it's like much uh, nicer, but it's still, you know, I, I don't accept them to accept all of my content pieces. No, uh, no, I'm not saying you abuse, don't, don't abuse the relationship and everything mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like, but because you know them, it makes it, I don't want to say easier for your content to get accepted, but it at least gives you like, oh, wait. Here is Greg's content. Uh, this let, is, let me check by it the out. way, you know, a brilliant PR trick. It's not even about Zest or sure. even about uh, anyway. if I'm in the design field. So designer news would be a good example. Exactly. Uh, which is like the Reddit of the designers. Yep. But this is an old PR trick. Make yep. friends with the, the people publication. people have the lists. Yes. <laughs> make, people with, make, fun, make friends with the TechCrunch or stuff like that and maybe write you know, an article even, for them at it, one day. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be TechCrunch. It could be like the list doesn't have, like if you're just getting started, like most of these newsletters are not going to make friends with you at the beginning. But if you have a friend who has a 500-person email list and another friend with a 1,000-person email list, right, like, and you have four of those friends, and as you guys all grow up together, like that's it's going to be, what's that? It gets that's very valuable. valuable very quickly. So that's kind of one, another distribution tactic and then strategy that we're deploying. And then the final one is forums. And again, in, in marketing, it's a little easier to find forums like uh, Growth Hackers and, and those places. Uh, Reddit mm-hmm. is a little bit more open, is, is hit or miss. Well, it's a more 
conservative community, I guess, is the way to put it mm-hmm. in terms of link sharing. But like there's forums and, and Facebook groups and things like that and, and uh, going into all of those. So if you do those three things, if you reach out to everybody who you link to, if you find a couple publications, and like I said, and even for us, it's like Zest or something like that, uh, product habits, things like that, and you are in forums, if you do those three things, you could very quickly get five, your first 500 to 1,000 people to your blog post. That's really valuable and, that's, and cool. Yeah. So that's, I love it. Yep. And if you follow like the, uh, the rest of the process, like writing great content for people, and all that stuff most of the time people will accept it that's good and also you know people will share it if it's good unrelated yeah. to the fact if you talk to them or not you can see it sometimes people pick up your content and stuff like yeah that's another thing to kind of look so i never heard of zest it's funny we and we could just keep talking about these guys but um <laughs> i was looking at my analytics and one day i saw like 30 or 40 people in a day Again, for a new blog, that's a lot of people for mm-hmm. in a day uh, coming from Zest. I'm like, who the heck is this? So I went and I, I was like, oh, there's a distribution platform for, yeah. for great content. And yeah. then now they're part of my process. Like, you know, I, I create content that I know I think is going to get picked up by them or, you know, that they're going to be willing to share. Right. That was amazing. Great tips. Thank you so much for everything. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. It was great to meet you. Yeah, it was really great to meet you too. If our listeners would like to reach out to you, I will link uh, your LinkedIn and the article and everything, but what would be the best way to reach out? I'm a terrible tweeter, so Greg, just email me, greg at enticehq.com. Sounds good. I will add that as well. Thanks Uh, so much. Thank you so much. Have a great Friday. And you do the same. Have a great weekend and good luck with your uh, move back to uh, Israel. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's <laughs> like uh, we have holidays right now, the Jewish holidays. Okay. The, it's like uh, the New Year's of the Jewish people. So, okay. Uh, well, uh, um, New Year. Yeah, thank you. So I'm going <laughs> back to be with my family a little bit. I miss them. And then we have some uh, events in uh, UX writing meetups in Spain. And it's going to be fun. Awesome. Enjoy. Yeah. Let me know uh, if ever you are around Europe or uh, we'll, something like that. We'll do, man. We'll do. Thank you so much. Cool. See you this later. This great. Thank, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that was another episode of Writers in Tech. I hope you had fun and learned tons of new things. So currently, we are releasing two episodes of Writers in Tech every month. We have also a weird break on the Jewish holidays, but we try to release two episodes every month. Now, our goal at the moment is to release a single episode every week. Like we have a weekly newsletter on uxwritinghub.com. With every newsletter that we send, we also want to send an episode of the podcast. But creating a podcast is not a cheap thing and we don't have sponsors. So we need your help to reach 100,000 listeners. And by the way, we are already on our way there. Okay, we're not that far away from there. So in order to do it, we need you to take a few actions. Okay, you can share this episode on social media like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook group, Facebook page, Slack channel, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, anything. Okay, so just share it. You can also write a review and rate us on Apple Podcast because I heard it brings a lot of traction. Also, and this is my favorite one, you can send me personally feedback, yuval at uxwritinghub.com about our content, about the episode, how was it for you, what we can improve. And the content will improve based on your feedback. And then naturally more people will come. That's what UX is all about, right? That's it for now. Feel free to listen to another episode. Follow our weekly newsletter, uxreadinghub.com. And see you next time.